bad enough with a microphone. Really? I think you'd look like a million bucks. Well, thank the you very thing little. about earphones is they draw attention away from your butt. Yeah, they do. They yeah. really do. Yeah. I mean, if anybody's got ears that big, why would you look at someone's butt? That's right. That's right. Exactly. And that's the good thing about getting older. You know, the one thing you've sort of passed on, I don't know if you've thought about it, is now you know you won't die young. That's true. <laughs> so see? That's true. It, here's the weird thing. In my brain, I'm 40. I, yeah, I understand In my that body, I'm, I mean, in real life, I'm 62. But in my body, I'm about 75. I don't know which one to believe on any given basis, on any given moment. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. It's me, Todd Conklin. How are you doing? I hope you're great. That is my wish for you. Greatness, greatness, greatness. Happiness, health. Riches, I don't know, whatever else you need. Unlimited M&M's, uh, Mars bars, uh, chocolate fish. I'm trying to say it like they say in New Zealand, fush. Chocolate fush, fush. Chocolate fish. Whatever you need to be happy, I hope you got tons of ample amounts of it. That's uh, that's always where I go with this this conversation. Well, the podcast is screaming along, and, um, and as I promised, and I promised this year was the year with uh, just amazing stuff in it, and, and it, I, I think I've delivered. I don't know how you feel, but it's going to get better today. Next year, just wait. Oh, socks will be blown completely off feed. Boom. There go the socks. Today is an intimate and up-close conversation with my buddy Rob Fisher. So I don't get to spend enough time with Rob Fisher, and I've known Rob for since the we old DOE a long time, a long, long, long time, really, actually a really long time. And I, I never get to sit down and just chat with him. And that's exactly what today's podcast is all about. It's just a chat, not a lot of agendas, not really even a topic. We didn't even discuss uh, what we were going to talk about. We just kind of said, yeah, I mean, I said, you want to be on a podcast? And he says, it's been too long. And I said, well, I think I can fix that for you. I know people who can, uh, who can get you on this baby if you're interested I mean, it's going to cost you money, but I'll get you on it. And uh, sure enough, I was able to weasel a, an invitation and get him on. And so that's what you get to enjoy. And they did it for no cost at all. It was amazing. No cost. It's absolutely free. I mean, just the cost of downloading it into your ear holes, which um, we started talking about the power of headphones at the beginning of this podcast. And so now we're referring <laughs> to them uh, in, in the uh, introduction of the conversation. So it'll be fun. It's a great conversation. So far, so good. Bluegrass Festival was remarkable. Travels around the world, remarkable. I'm now pretty much lining up for the series of workshops we're having. I really appreciate whoever it was, and I don't remember who it was, but somebody said, you ought to do accident investigation workshops. And, you know, I used to teach those all the time. And so we tried one, and we're going to do another in November. Um and it worked great. I mean, you were marvelous. And it was a huge part of what happens. It was really super cool to have you be a part of that first one. That that made a lot of sense. Let me not kill a lot of time and get you into this. This is Rob Fisher and Todd Conklin having a little conversation about um, the junk we talk about. So here we go. This is the podcast just for you. Listen up. So it's been a long time since you've been on the podcast. Tell me what's been happening. How are you doing? Well, it's interesting. I want to start by by saying thanks and 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 how much I follow what's going on. This is a real opportunity to watch real time growth. 
We never had that for 25 years. Yeah, you're right. You're you know, totally right on that. We never had an opportunity to hear so many people talk about so much from so many different uh, perspectives as we do today. Yeah. And it, it, what started as something kind of innocuous, I'm going to get on and talk about, uh, I'm going to have a podcast about the way I think, the right. Toddcast, has now become a way that we can grow what we all think about. Wow, can, what a nice thing to say. We can grow our paradigms. Thank you. And, and, and it's not the safety person, the HP person, the um, the quality person that's trying to cram it in. It's, hey, boss, listen to what's going on out there. I, I know I'm trying to tell you this, but it's obvious you're not going to listen much to me. But listen to what's going on out there and shift that paradigm just a little bit. And it opens up new discussions. Yeah, so I think that was almost an unintended consequence. Yeah, it certainly was not intended. And, and at the risk of sounding a little bit like the Benevolent Buck Kissers Club, I think the Rob Servations, which, first of all, I love that that whole title is amazing. <laughs> it's so funny and clever. But the Rob Servations. So I'm seeing people using those because they're succinct, they're short, they're high value, and they fit perfectly in a leader schedule. They can they can go in kind of swiftly go in and talk about you have a bunch of them so yeah. whatever topic they choose and it's kind of bite size and I think and it again it is a little bit of a benevolent but but it, what it does is sort of leads them to the next thing it it, it, it leaves them hungry not satisfied yeah so they want to know more and I right. think that's I think that's pretty cool that's pretty interesting yeah how, how, thank you how have you been I mean you you guys are growing and going and yeah you know i've I've been good um you get to this age you start trying trying to think about your health and your family starts thinking about yeah. legacy and longevity and and as you know our, our this is gonna be an old man podcast isn't it, it oh my god we're gonna turn it we've turned into old man. well it is a little bit but if, i swear to god if we talk about bowel movements i'm out of here okay that's, just, well, that's too I'm bad because i had something really no, good no, no. <laughs> really, did you just you use the term bowel movements and out of here in yeah. the same sentence? <laughs> I did. Oh, no. I'm as bad as I See, thought I was. And you said you didn't edit the podcast. And this this may not make it. I'll probably not leave this in, so just but, in case you're wondering. But I remember not too long after you first started. It's been a long time since I've been on the, on the podcast. You were really early. You know, you were the first – because the first ones I had to p- call on my friends – you know, because who else is going to do yeah. them? And so you were like the third or fourth podcast. It was I mean, early you were on. super early. And I remember I was sitting in my truck on the side of the road on with one of the very first times I'd been on Bluetooth, this new thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and we were a long way apart. So this is the first time we've actually gotten to sit down. I know. And interface where, know. You, where we can kind of, you know, play off each other and try to not not talk about those things we were just talking about, but, but uh, I've been good. We've been good. We've, you know, five years ago when we did, it was probably almost five years ago that we did the first yeah, one. I think it was probably. And, um, back then we were just starting to think about and, and put in play the elements of how our personality tendencies see and manage risk. So we were talking about e colors and human right. performance and, 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 we thought that that was a, the next phase of human performance is an understanding that the very risks that you were talking about that we need to manage, we weren't seeing right. So it's hard to manage something you can't see. Well, I mean, since that time, since our our, uh, our 
partnership with Equilibria and, and understanding, we've got over 600,000 data points on how people see and manage risk differently. You know, how different personalities struggle with um, stopping and seeking out help. And, and most of us don't struggle with stopping. It's the seeking out help yeah, piece yeah, yeah. that we stop. So all those elements that, that you talk about and I talk about, about the way the worker manages that that blue line right. and how they are how they are as as managing of risk and capacity as they can possibly be right up to that moment that they're not is an organizational element it's things organizations have to understand so we've put the essential leadership cycle into play because yeah, one yeah. of the things that human performance i think was missing was it was easy for organizations to drift to it's a worker thing, yeah. it's worker tools, it's things that the worker needs to know. The reality is the organization develops capacity, not the workers. I agree completely. And let's talk about that a moment because I think you hit on something that's been a big part developmentally that people may not know. But initially, I think when we first started doing this work, it was pretty much all directed at we we trained workers. We brought workers in. We gave them tools, yep. air reduction tools or, or identification of latent condition tools. We gave them all sorts of tools. Yeah. And we focused on making the worker better at managing the potential to have human error, make yep. mistakes, to fail. Yep. I've always thought, and it kind of went that way, that probably the least important group to train is the workforce. They, they get this. The most important group to train and the group we weren't spending a lot of time on in the old days was leadership. Yeah, because they wouldn't give us the time. Right, yeah. I don't so think our us. entry point was the people who were making the mistakes. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't know that that's going to go away for a while, that you, that, that you can tell people you're not going to deal with the last piece of Swiss cheese at all and you're not going to give them extra individual capacity. But I agree. I just don't see it. And, and maybe we disagree on this, which is cool, too. I don't see that as the most valuable group to train we're or to, in, to expose no, to the information. We're in violent agreement yeah, with that. Then we're, they're, again. So what we say is they're the last group that needs it, not the first yeah, group. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. And, and by the time it gets to what they need to know, of course, we know that because we've established these systems. By the time you get to that piece... The organization is already seeing vast improvements. We we say in our gear model that leader knowledge and leader language and behaviors lead everything. Right. You get those right, then they can start to engage. Yeah. Then you're going to get change, and that change is always going to be positive. Always. Even if it's the ability to see negative attributes of the way the organization is managing their capacity and resilience, that's positive. By the time you get to the workforce, you're, it's icing on a cake. It is, it, it is the workers are actually saying, hey, WIIFM, what's in it for yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is different are, than WTF, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, just checking in. Yeah, just checking Whiskey in. Tango Foxtrot is That's very, right, very different, different than WIIFM. <laughs> they they got to blow the patio off. They do. They do it's have not to a blow. podcast if somebody doesn't run a leaf blower. Uh, that's probably true. I mean, it's not a conference unless somebody works outside. That's true. So that's just, we should probably write that down on a stone tablet. Yeah, okay. But your jump, your in your partnership with Equilibria, yeah. and your and your your move into sort of consolidating e-colors and human performance, that was really daring and bold. Oh, thank you. What what was it that gave you the 
I guess brave, the courage, courage is a better word, the courage to actually take that jump. Because, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, I don't think it was an absence of work on your part. I don't think I don't think you needed more to do. I think you really saw it as valuable. How come? Uh, well, I'm kind of shocked that this is that it was considered brave or courageous. I don't. Don't you think it was? Oh, I, because I, well, I did, I've never thought of it. So that let way. me explain why I said that. <clears throat> I think it's super easy inertia being what inertia is. So you're one of the best, and I'm not even trying to butter you up. That'll come later. <laughs> but you're one of the best. You're an expert in human performance and have been for a long time. You're, you're a phenomenal presenter. Um, you're an incredible trainer. You also have depth of knowledge. You can diagnose well. So you, it would have been pretty easy just to continue to do the same stuff you've always done. I mean, that, that it, you wouldn't have to work very hard. You don't have to think very hard. Yeah. I mean, you can give the same presentation for 25 years and get really good at it. I mean, yeah. you change the jokes in a slide or two, but but you you actually stepped. You had to learn a whole bunch of new stuff. Yeah, I think that's courageous. Well, thank you. I'm, again, I'm, 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 I'm shocked into trying to really. You didn't see it as you didn't see it as a. So maybe let me. I'll answer all questions for you, so you don't have to answer. Maybe it made so much sense to you, it didn't seem like so. A, a crazy I have thing always from from the day that I was an operator, and they said, "Hey, you need to." learn how to spell HP <laughs> and read this book, Human Error, and figure out what an operator and a maintenance technician need to know um, from this theory. From from that moment, I, I've always looked for the next logical step as a part of the way my personality, my optimism yeah. looks at things. Uh, that, that, I get to say it, asymptote. Nice, you know, nice. Good use of that word. In, yep. Are you an engineer? <laughs> that asymptote was always a vision for me of the next time that we needed to do something drastic. I've always looked at it that way. Because an asymptote that kills 67 linemen a year in the U.S. Right. as a flat line right. is not an acceptable asymptote to so me. So in what you just said is really important. These are high-performing, very safe organizations exactly. that kill 70 linemen a year. Exactly. And, and with pretty great regularity, pretty great predictability. Right. It's, it's not good. But it tells us that our metrics, that what we use to measure success, aren't aren't measuring the right things. Exactly. I mean, they're measuring things that we think are important, but clearly. And, and look, let's, let's face facts. They were important in the past. There were things that were important in sure. the past that got us to get people to think differently. It doesn't matter where it was Heinrich's Pyramid or, or a whole bunch of things that made people uh, alter their thought a little bit so that we could then interject the thoughts, that n- the paradigms that need to be looked at for the future. Um, and, and so back to the, you know, how did you get the courage to do this? I thought. 20 years ago when I, when I, when I certified in Myers Briggs and I realized that, that there was one ENFP at our facility and that was me <laughs> and the, the people that administered it put put me off to the side. Then they called me in and said, we need you in the control room. I said, yeah, but there's one of me 
<laughs> how 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 is that going to? So that's one out of six crews get this. Yeah, but that's what diversity is. Yeah, but look at everybody else in there, and look at what operator training does to them, and look who passes. And I didn't think I was going to pass, but but that was the way it was looked at. So I knew there was a personality element associated with it. So so I certified in all of them: Myers Briggs, uh, Robert Roan, Disc. Uh, strength finders, Florence Litauer, uh-huh. and all of these things to me made sense. But all of them were about how we communicate. And I know don't no, you know, I don't need letters. There's a, they're about other things. But they were they were more about how we communicate and less about how we see and manage risk. Oh, absolutely. Well, in fact, absolutely. In fact, I I don't think the intent when they created these instruments. Was to think about risk, Correct. not risk in the way we think about Correct. risk for certain. It's interesting to me. I would quite, it's a question. I find those instruments are really important, not in the discovery of self, but in the discovery of the other. And that's how you told the story. It's not that you yeah. were an ENFP. You knew, you live in your head. You right. know what you are. It's the fact that you were able to recognize that the other five people weren't ENFPs. Yeah. And I think that that awareness of other as it relates to risk uh, and, and really management of controls, barriers, and yeah. systems, that's really where that has has its most power. So it's amazing that you would say that. The first step of the essential leadership cycle that we use in our intentional leadership modules is self and team awareness. Yeah. Okay, good. Be aware of yourself and what you need. But the reality is you need to be aware of your team. Yeah, I agree. I need, I need to know where where you stand on what we're about to do that we know has risk. We know it has critical risks, but if I, if I understand that you see risk coming from a different place in the system than I do, that's a power, yeah. not a, not, not a, a detriment. That means we can team up to minimize the probability that we're going to be surprised. Does the program commitment scare people? Because it seems like a lot to commit to as a company, or is it kind of no big deal? Well, (laughs) the strange thing is people have heard HP and Hop so much that... And, I, and, and full disclosure. Don't you wish we'd have named it something differently? Yeah. We're living in the... I I mean, I don't know what what to name it, but... Here's what scares people now for us. We, We have advanced error reduction in organizations, and they think it's a big thing. But for a a place of 150 people, you're talking about making a drastic step exponential change in the way you look at things in four weeks. Yeah. And and sometimes you never get the opportunity to tell people four weeks from now you will be in a very, very different place to produce the outcomes that you want. Yeah. And, and, and so God, that's we, exciting. It, it, do, it, they, do they not believe it at first? I bet they're just like, yeah, sure. Whatever. It, it's, it's bad enough, Todd, that I don't even tell them anymore. That's exciting. Though. That, that in four weeks, a side of 150 people could drastically change because it scares them away. Yeah, I agree. And you, and, well, it and is look, scary. Change is scary. Full disclosure. You've got a lot of people out there that are on the hop and HP train that it's the longevity that is how they make their make their money oh yeah and it's never been our ours is because there's always a place for trying to stop hurting maiming and killing people and stop 
equipment damage and stop environmental impact. There's always a place for that. So back to the uh, circling back to the courage question, which I never looked at it that way, is when Chevron put Lewis Senior and I together right. to let to see if there was something. So that's there. how it happened. Gre- Greta, Greta Lidecker. really, yep. Said so uh, you guys would not have. That's it, listen, we didn't know each other from Adam. In fact, Lewis Senior will tell you this. He he told it to a crowd that we co-spoke at a couple of weeks ago. He said, I thought we were doing human performance in equilibria by doing e-colors until I understood how that fits in to real organizational performance and understanding things like skill-based, rule-based, and and how different people with different personalities actually use different um, um, methodologies to shift from system one to system two thinking. That's magical when you think about it. When oh, you think amazing. about us understanding where the neurological science has gone and being able to tie that to different people with different personality tendencies, managing that differently. You teach organizations how to manage that. So for for me, it was not only the next logical step, but the next necessary step to keep us from continuing to talk about the same dadgum tools. Yes. So if you think about a tool, Stop, Think, Act, and Review, which has been around for years, it's a great tool to get us to a certain point. But the reality is if 50% of the people, the personalities out there, stopping isn't their natural tendency. Right. You can't just tell people not to grab something that swings and hope they don't grab something that swings because their instincts going to – you have to give them a tool to manage that. Well, you're right. I mean, one of the things that frustrates me – is that we ask people to change their behavior by changing their behavior. Yeah. It well, makes, that's just crazy absolute talk. Absolutely no sense. talk. And so I think early on, that was where I came at it from. So I knew there was going to ha- I knew we were going to have to go through some roads to get to the point where we would, we could get people to listen. But, but on the HP journey for, for companies, the, yeah, I think I shared this with you last night that people are now saying, well, Human, human performance, human organizational performance can't be done. It's just a group of concepts. That's not what we meant when we said HP isn't a program. Just because it isn't a program doesn't mean you don't need to do anything. I yeah. mean, it's the things you do that make the change, not the the thought process is first, right. and then comes the, the work. The philosophical shift, by, yes. by definition, shifts everything. If you change the question, you'll always get a different answer. Exactly. Right? And so... But that needs to change a behavior. Right. First, an organizational behavior. First, a leader behavior. Then an organizational behavior. Then you can start asking the workers to think differently. And that that thread that comes so naturally to you, that thread is kind of surprising to organizations that are in crisis or in flux. Hmm. Is is they don't realize that it has to start with the leader, and that the leader really is the the steward, the the coach, the. Yeah the captain of the organizational culture yeah. and the organizational outcomes. And how many times have you and I heard, oh, we need to get you in to talk to our leaders? Yeah, millions. Or do they know, every, you, do they know you're saying this? Speak. Do they know you're saying yeah, this to us? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and hand them a card and say, have them give me a call. That's all I do is talk to leaders. We have an organization that deploys. We have an organization that is extremely good at how you get this through once the leaders have decided they're going to change their paradigm, which is my job to 
how do how do we make this work? What are the hows of human and organizational performance? What are the hows of advanced error reduction organization? Right. What are the hows of incident analysis? What are the hows of excellence in procedures and, and excellence in written guidance? There's a lot of stuff behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the important thing in the beginning is getting leaders to change their mindset in a way. So you, we hear a lot about mindset now. And they're talking about mindset like it's a worker thing. Right. Well, well, at what point do you want the that to be a learned behavior from a leader? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and what's crazy is that worker mindset uh, is worker mindset. It's it's not bad or good. It's what they do to do work. Yeah, yeah It's exactly. the leadership. So and I love how you call it intentional leadership. That word intentional, de- deliberate is a word I use, deliberate improvement. Yeah. That means if it's intentional, it's resourced, it's coached, it's reinforced, it's it's purposeful, it's strategic. We're intentionally leading this organization. We're not accidentally leading it. Yeah. We're intentionally leading this organization towards becoming better. Yeah. Right? Towards towards improvement. And that, it, that's pretty valuable. And the, thank you for that. And the, the element of intentionality is something that we have talked about for a couple of years in our partnership with Equilibria and and how we are we are trying to live what we what we want people to do so if a, a little self-serving element here to be intentional you need some tools to to help with that just like you can't ask a worker to be safe, be careful, pay attention, and expect that that's going to be the outcome, right. you can't ask a leader to be intentional right. without some kind of trigger for intentionality. So, as you know, we, we shared the other night, I've lost about 60 pounds. And what happened was uh, my wife had, had started getting worried about my weight and my health. But her personality is that she wasn't going to bring something up that had caused her pain bringing up. In the, past. Be in the past yeah. and and so f- 10 or 15 years ago she said something about my weight and she thought that i didn't take it well so she was going to bring that up again that's a, a that's a personality tendency and i thought if this gets out of hand and i'm not the only one that thinks it out of hand somebody will tell me <laughs> so we went all of this time until i was i was in in a pretty bad way so i blurted out from a from a accountability and thinking partner standard right. to our organization during a meeting. I am committing to you guys that I need to be in better health and I'm going to lose weight. And here's what I'm telling you. If intentionality works, I'll be able to, I'll be able to use it to control my health. If it doesn't work, we shouldn't be out there telling other people. Yeah, exactly. It. Don't, so, don't, don't go out and sell so I started wearing a, a, you know, personal intervention wristband so that when I was, and we travel so much that people will tell you, Oh man, it's hard to eat right on the road. It's hard to, hard to do these things. And yes, it is. If you're only asking yourself to do the right thing at the right time and not using a tool to manage that. Uh So I used personal intervention whenever I was in a Chili's and I wanted to, that's where everybody goes. I would really slow myself down. I'd use that pause button. I'd slow myself down and look on the menu at what I was allowed to eat and how much I was allowed to eat. Um, when people would ask me what I was doing, I would push my play button and tell them because I thought that, that from a healthier perspective that, that that would be good. 
but what I discovered was that the physical attribute of reaching to push, pause, or play is the equivalent of verbalization to a worker in the field. That that rewiring of the pathway of the action you're about to take right. needs to be something physical. It can't be something mental. If it stays in the back of your brain, you're going to default to the system that that of what you're comfortable with or you've always done. But when you use some kind of physical action, then that rewiring happens in the moment. And there's a higher probability you're going to recognize the risk of what you're about to do and do and do something to manage that risk. So that's a long way of saying that we've tested the intentionality yeah. thing, not just for workers, but for leaders and just managing yourself in a way that you can show how, show how this works in life. Yeah. And when you look, my HP journey is if you give people something that works for them at home, they'll bring it to work. Absolutely. But if you give them something that you want them or mandate them to do at work and, and they don't think it'll work at home, they don't take it home. They're not going to take it home, which is where most people get hurt, maimed and killed. Yeah. No, it's true. So if we care about being safe outcomes in general, then we've got to give people something that'll help them where they get hurt, maimed and killed the most. Yeah. So predict the future. What, what do you see coming? Because that, that I think is really interesting. I mean, where does this all go? It's a hard question. I know it, it, it is. I, I think that in the future, if we're smart, we start educating people at the middle school level and up so that when people come out of college, they understand what 50-year-olds are learning in the workplace today. I, I had a guy approach me yesterday in the parking lot said, uh, you know, I've been, in, I've been in the workforce for 39 years. This is the first time in 40 of those that I've been excited about a con. How did I not know this? Yeah, yeah. So are we, are we losing people in the STEM process because they're, they don't make it through the STEM, the, the science, technology, engineering, right. math processes because people of, of our kind of extroverted personality don't fit into the mold of what might push out of it. How, how much, how much, uh, amazing, how many amazing things are we missing because the process itself may exclude people of, of a creative nature that they're forced to go create without the, without the boundaries of understanding the science behind it. So I think that when we start educating it, you know, in, on the e-color side, in schools that have put personal intervention in play, bullying has virtually disappeared. The graduation rates are through the roof. Right. Absenteeism is at the bottom because instead of it just being good kid, bad kid, good kid, bad kid, good kid, bad kid, it is teacher and child that can uh, manage their personality tendencies to a better outcome. And, and uh, so I think that as we work our way backwards, the first step is when, let's just use safety professionals. Why are we not, 
taking people that are coming out of college in industrial safety, and this is a core part of their curriculum that they understand success and failure? That's a really good question. I mean, and I think that's changing. I think that the the in the the business world is demanding a change, but yeah. it, it's it's very slow in coming. Yeah. We're still tr- teaching really traditional. Um, I mean, really linear. Yeah. Sort of non-creative. I hate to say that; it sounds bad, but it's it's it, that I think is really. So I think next. That's one, a good observation. One of the things next five years is hopefully people like you and and maybe myself and some others will be asked to help develop those curriculums in a way that people start to learn those attributes. Yeah. Okay. Um. And and, and then beyond that. I think that the next generation of leaders will be, they won't have to be educated in the paradigm because they will have grown up yeah, in this paradigm. Really. And, that, and, and then we can really see how we manage capacity and resiliency that's very, with a group of leaders. I'm pretty impressed with there. you. That's a pretty interesting path forward i'm impressed i don't Thanks think we have a choice time, but to do it huh? you um, are the best i appreciate it we're about to get overcome can by do, millions of people can i do one plug yeah, of course so if are you, you talking about your new book oh <laughs> that's cold man that's cold but yes yes i'll talk about my new book on performance <laughs> modes that you have begged me to write um if you if you do want to discover your personality tendencies you can download the e-colors app and and Go to discover your e-colors, and when that's done on your cell phone, you can start to see how your tendencies tend to manage uh, and see risk and how you tend to like to communicate, and it's a first step for conversation in your office, in your crew, and in your family of of that discovery of how we see and manage risk Excellent. differently. So it's the e-colors app, and, and that kind of sets the And you can get it on the app store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need the app store. Okay, cool. Thanks, Thank you brother. very much. Oh, we'll man, we'll do it more time. often. Can't wait till you Anytime, come to Charlotte. Anytime, brother. Uh, Charlotte, we're going to do it. It's going to happen. Gonna we're going to teach a class, you guys. We are. Rob and I are going to teach a class. You should come. <laughs> Peace. Thanks, man. Okay. Uh, I went so long. Holy cow. I can't believe that I went this long. Ah. I need to do this quickly. Okay, so learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. And for goodness sakes, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part. Thanks for subscribing. And be safe. Peace. Peace.